The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is Saturday, December the 14th. My name is Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here with the one, the only, the Mr. Respected Shark in the DFS NBA world, Michael Apatria. How are you, Michael? I'm doing well. I mean, I, I sometimes when I host these podcasts, I can never I can never get the intro quite like you, Coach. You nail it every time. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to do my best coach impression next time. But I'm, I'm doing well over here. Um, you know, we're recording this in the morning rather than at night. So uh, we're trying to do this a little bit more on uh, for these Saturday cards. And, you know, it means I got my Hawaiian Isle coffee in my cup. And uh, we're well prepared. We had a little bit more of the news fall. And we got to see those games end. So I, I always like doing them in the morning a little bit more. So pumped up, Coach. Ready to go. I am too. And, you know, as long as we can squeeze them on Saturdays instead of Friday nights for that Saturday slate, we'll we'll continue to do that for our listeners because we get more player news. We have the the updated lines for the games and the, you know, over-unders and everything. So I think it helps paint a little bit crisper picture. But shout out to our NBA uh, NBA pros here, man. Miles, Andrew, and you. And, and between the four of us, we have been on a, a really wicked hot streak here. Uh, we've been getting a lot of great feedback on Twitter of uh, people taking stuff down with our picks. And, uh, and I think it's cool because we a lot of uh, services will give you exact lineups to play and this and that. But we try to paint the whole picture and try to have you follow that three-step process that I always preach, which is, you know, listen to this podcast in the morning or at least by lunchtime, start putting together a nice shell lineup, get an idea of what you want to do or who you want to fade. Then follow the news, follow it on Twitter, follow it on hoop-ball.com throughout the day, right up until lock. And then plug that lineup in that uh, that you feel checks all the boxes for you. And that's that's what we're finding. You know, a lot of people are taking all the core plays, making a a pivot here or there with a few uh, people that they like after listening uh, throughout the day and seeing what value pops up. And that recipe, you know, and the reason I spent a few minutes to go through it here is working for a ton of people. So follow that pattern if you can. And, uh, you know, let's all get some winners here. I know Mike and I were just talking before uh, getting on air that we're both on a bit of a hot streak ourselves. And, you know, one point of interest I wanted to mention too, Michael, and I'll let you comment on it as well, is, you know, the the strategy, you have a couple different ways you can go on the strategy. And everybody thinks you have to have the high scorer on the slate in order to win. And they jam in a couple of garbage uh, value plays that they think are value, but they're actually traps. And that co- sinks their slate because if you if you have 85 point Harden last night and put him with like a 47 percent Spellman who had six uh, DFS points, you know all of a sudden Harden is is not even at value. That takes half his value away. So um, my point being, and and then I'll I'll let you elaborate on it too, Mike. Is we've been really trying to build 
you know, solid guys that can go off and get big numbers, but really better floor guys that can add to that total and keep you competitive in those GPPs. And yeah, he hit the nail on the head. And like you said, we were talking about this before air and it, it goes especially guided towards what tournament you're playing into as well. Um, you know, sometimes if you're playing in a cash game, going that dumpster barrel route and taking a chance on a guy that's, you know, 3,500 who, yeah, maybe he's getting a few extra minutes, but we've seen that low floor several, several games in a row or several times a season isn't the right uh, way to go in a cash game. If you're taking shots in tournaments, that's a little bit of a different story. You'll hear me mention it all the time. Uh, you know, some nights I'm running out 10 lineups, depending. Sometimes I'm running out 20. Other nights I'm crazy busy around lock and I'm just getting exposure to you know, maybe like three or five different lineups. But um, I'll, gu- I'll guide my, my strategy based on how many lineups I'm running out and based on the slate. And, you know, when I say there's a guy like Harden and Luca, like we'll talk about tonight, that are on the slate, of course I'm going to have shares in them. But if I'm doing like my single entries, which I still do on, on nights I roll out multiple lineups, um, I might not take shots on those guys necessarily if, unless I have solidified value I'm pairing them with. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and that's what I was trying to drive home as well. And then one last comment on that, because it's something to remember. You know, if you have a Luca or a Harden that looks like they're in a 80-point smash spot and it's a two, three, four-game slate, you do need those guys generally because you're spotting the field too much uh, to try to catch up. But in, in really good slates like last night when there's nine games or whatever the case may be, you know, you don't have to have that guy. Like I say, it was way better for me to be able to fade the Spellmans in the garbage that didn't come through for anybody along with Harden and go for the guys that were a couple grand cheaper like Kawhi and Paul George, etc. So just something we wanted to mention because, you know, we're, we're all – you know, as a composite group trying to learn more and study this every day, what works, what doesn't, what are the trends, and those things all matter. So we want to create winners for you. All right, before we roll in here, our presenting sponsor is Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. We want to thank them, and, you know, they're uh, the big reason why Mike and I are not still sleeping, and we're here on our second cups of Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Uh, look them up online. Uh, or jump on Amazon. That's our my ticket anyway, is just uh, get on there on your Amazon Prime, Hawaiian Isles, Kona Coffee Company. Boom, boom, couple clicks. It's uh, at your doorstep the next day. So uh, we, we really encourage you to follow that. Um, also today, you know, just like every other day, but I know a lot of people, not everybody, because everybody has different work schedules, but a lot of people have a little more time off on Saturday and Sunday. So on these slates in particular, there's no excuse for missing any player news. So, again, listen to this podcast, take some notes, figure out your shell lineup, and then follow us on Twitter. That is so important. At HoopBallFantasy is where all of our hoop-ball.com information is going. Miles, Andy, everybody's putting that up there. Myself, uh, Michael, and Andrew and Miles also posting on our Twitter accounts. I'm at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He is at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Andrew is at at Language Olympic. And Miles is at Miles6565. All right, let's tackle this slate. Uh, The first game is the only afternoon game. So we'll treat that a little bit differently in our breakout here because we know 
you're going to have to build some lineups uh, on this standalone game where you have a captain and that kind of information. Uh, the other seven games make up the main slate, and we'll go over those uh, as we do regularly. But uh, that early game is a 5 p.m. Eastern game. It's the San Antonio Spurs at the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns are currently a two-point favorite with an over-under of 225. And uh, to, uh, we, uh, the only thing we know right now is Booker is questionable. That's the last thing I've seen. Have you had any update on Booker, Mike? Um, still questionable as of now. It's a forearm injury, so it's uh, you know a little bit hit or miss. I mean, um, we'll probably know. We'll, ha we'll have a good understanding you know, when he takes the court during shoot-around before the game. Uh, we'll probably be able to see him getting jump shots up. Uh, you'll hear the beat writers, you see the beat writers saying whether or not he looks like he's grimacing or playing through pain at all. Um, and then we should know. First game on the slate, though. So, like I said, monitor the news. You, you preached it right before we started talking about this game because that's probably the biggest ticket in this game, and it's going to impact this slate uh, tremendously. Absolutely. My recommendation, if you don't want to get caught at the last second, is create a lineup with Booker, create a lineup without Booker. And in, you know, the NBA rules, you have to turn in your starting lineup 30 minutes before the game. So 4.30 Eastern, you'll know uh, if he's in or not, and then you can pivot to, to the one uh, lineup or the other. Uh, from a pace standpoint, San Antonio's 15th, dead in the middle. Uh, Phoenix is eighth, so they are getting up and down the floor. And defensively, neither one of these teams uh, is going in the right direction. Spurs 24th, we know they've struggled immensely all year, and Phoenix 18. So, Michael, I'm going to turn it over to you to give us a breakout here, uh, Spurs and Suns. So I'll, I'll take the reverse approach on this, since I generally always complain when I have the Spurs. Um, I've been getting a little bit more excited about them, and it's mostly because it's DeJounte Murray. Played a ton of them okay. in the last game, and it kind of burned me. Um, this soft minutes limit that they were speaking of early on in the year, it seems like Pop was kind of hinting that it would be removed at this point. So I'm, I'm kind of keeping my eye on him. We saw him play big minutes the game prior to that one, so I have no problem going back to him on this one. Probably be very low-owned, more of a tournament-type play just because that risk is there, that Popovich Popovichism, uh, and spreads the minutes out between Mills and Derek White as well. But this is a fantastic yeah. matchup for him. Um, I can definitely see the pace playing to him. Um, one of his better rebounding type upside games, I would say. And uh, probably my favorite Spurs option. Because if I'm playing this game, it's going to be tournament-based anyway. I, I don't like playing the showdown cash uh, cash lineups. Okay. Interesting. What about on the Phoenix side, uh, Booker in, Booker out? Well, Booker out, we're, we're totally going to be looking at Rubio. Um, just obviously, he, he the shot attempts are never something that we're considering when we want to play him, but it would definitely just bode to his value. I mean, we're always expecting decent rebounds and great assists from him, um, and I could still see that happening. And then on top of it, getting that few extra shot attempts. And I, I wouldn't mind you know seeing all that usage be distributed. It's going to go to Kelly Oubre, a ton of it. Um, had to have no problem going with that. It's a great matchup for him. We know that they struggle at defending Wings, uh, that being the Spurs. And then uh, we should start to see, um, you know, Aaron Baines, he's actually questionable right now or probable. So we should start to see those minutes start to uptick a little bit more uh, just until DeAndre Ayton gets back. But I'd have no problem looking at Baines in this matchup too against his former team. He might get up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, the very good call, man. Um, on the Spurs side, I'll tell you, I, I'm not sold on the DeJounte Murray thing. And I, I get what you're saying, but, you know, it was – Amazing how many people got burned by this in the industry. And I'm talking some of the top sharks were recommending him because, uh, you know, 
what happened was there was an overtime game two games ago the Spurs played, and Murray got 31 minutes. And then they asked Pop, they sort of forced Pop's hand, if you watch the press conference, of trying to dig, dig, dig on Murray. So Pop, you know, as Pop does, screws around with the, the media and screws around with the press. They can't stand when he asks, you know, he can't stand when he's asked questions about the team that like that. And so he said, yeah, the, there's no minutes restriction now. He's, you know, open to play, you know, any minutes that we need and blah, blah, blah. Then the next game, perfectly healthy, contested game. He plays 17 minutes and doesn't do much of anything. And he was like 70% owned in the industry. So you're going to have a lot of people pissed about it that, that are going to not play him. And I get the fact that, you know, you want to take advantage of that edge, but he may not play more than 20 minutes. And I don't trust that because, I mean, Mills has been getting minutes, White, uh, and then we know uh, Forbes, DeRozan plays a little too, and on and on. So they they have so much depth at that position, it just scares the hell out of me. Um, so from the Spurs side, you know, it seems as though, and I could be dead wrong here. I haven't read this, but I'm just going to give a coach, coach's, uh, Coach Sarvati take here is, it seems like DeMar DeRozan has been getting a little more action and a little more showcasing. And the only time I've seen the Spurs do that is when they're looking at possibly trading a guy. Now, again, this is just totally my opinion. Uh, and it makes me wonder if that's the case just a little bit. So I'm going to favor the DeRozan side of things in this game and probably this week and see, uh, I think his minutes and usage have been going up a little bit. Maybe it's just coincidental, but I think that could be a little piece of it. So DeRozan's going to be uh, my play on that side of the ball. I also like LaMarcus in this game. I think Baines has been extremely limited since returning. He's only played 12 and 17 minutes consecutively. And we know that Baines, uh, when he's in the lineup for his regular mid-30s minutes this year, They've been a very good defensive team and very competitive. But when he's off the floor and they have to do center by committee with Saric and uh, Kaminsky and they just try a little bit of everything, uh, they just get killed in the paint. Uh, you know, they were uh, eighth in the league before Bain's injury and defensive efficiently, efficiency, and they plummeted to 18th. So uh, for that reason, I do like DeRozan. I do like uh, LaMarcus. Uh, on the Phoenix side, if Booker's out, I'm going to stack definitely Rubio, um, Ubre, and then I'm going to make a decision uh, between one of the other starters, whether it be uh, Saric, uh, which very well uh, may be, uh, or if Booker does play, I'll just go with uh, you know two of those three guys and try to play. Ubre Booker and the, the cheaper guy or uh, Rubio Booker and the cheaper guy. So that's how I see the game. I think it's a winnable game, but you have to know that Booker news. And, uh, you know, my only advice in that game is don't dumpster dive if Booker doesn't play for the chump that starts for him. And, and I, I just personally don't want anything to do with the five 
point guards that play minutes at point every game for the Spurs. So that's what I got. No, yeah, and I don't knock you. I mean, that's that's why I said it's definitely more of a tournament play. It's You can't trust it in cash just because it is so up and down. But, um, you know, I'm going to take my shot. I expect them to be low-owned. And like I said, if I am playing this, it's only going to be tournaments that I'm playing. So for those reasons, okay. I think, you know, maybe getting Murray at that, you know, that lower salary um, and that, you know, lower ownership, it, it bodes well for that, especially on this one game slate. And the fact that Mills and uh, White both played big minutes in the last one, we've seen several times this season Pop kind of do like a back and forth routine between these You're point right. guards. So this yep. may be the game that, you know, because they played big minutes. Murray was complaining earlier in the season about playing time. We saw the big drama about him kind of unfollowing the Spurs on social media yeah. uh, and creating all those rumors. So, uh, you know, there's a lot just having me think, well, we might just see him get a little bit of a boost and play, at least even if it's mid-20s. I know he said he had a bad game last game. He really didn't. He played only 17 minutes, still put up 26 DK points. So he didn't even burn the people. The 70% that had him, he didn't, they didn't, he didn't get burned by him. Um, he still got me. Like I still cashed on that night. I had every other play yeah. probably stone cold. Like I played tons of Kevin Love. I, I nailed the slate, and he was the reason why I didn't take down and ship a lot of GPPs. But I, right. I still managed to cash with him because he didn't absolutely burn me. No, and, and I didn't mean to make it sound like he disappointed. I meant. Oh that, yeah, no, no, I know what you're. Everybody saying. was disappointed because he expected him to play 33, 34 minutes, and he played half of that. Yeah. And could you imagine if he played the full thing? I mean, if I even got 24 out of him, I would have loved it. You know, it would have yeah. been like a 40-point night for him. And it was just a fantastic spot, and that's why – and just the tantalizing upside of this guy getting 26 minutes, even just 26, um, it would give him almost like a 30-point floor. I mean, this guy could get oh, it done no in so doubt. many ways. I mean, definitely monitor him, especially for virtue. I'll uh, tell you, though, I love your take, though, because I still think even though – I mean, I don't think people are pissed at him. I think people are pissed at Pop for – for only playing him half the time, basically that he he you know tried to say that he was going to. So uh, I love your take. I think he he could be a difference maker, and I still think those people that you know like you that could have taken something down if he'd have played regular minutes are going to be a little sour. So it'll be fun to see, but you know I may throw him in a lineup too just because of the the pop factor of just this is this would be classic pop if he played him like. 35 minutes today you know <laughs> absolutely and we've seen it we've seen it plenty of times and a lot of times I, like i said give us 24 and i would take it anything more than just the 17 or less than 20 less than 20 it's hard to stomach the price tag uh but yeah i'll take a shot on them i'll tell you i've had three times in this last week i've done i've had a great winning streak but three particular things have stung my butt and then like give you the double stinger i started a guy he had his worst game of the year and then the next game he blows out. Yeah, I've had that happen with stinking jingling Joe. I've had it happen with Thibel. And I had it happen. Uh, who's my third guy? I'll remember it. There was, it, but that's the worst stinger, man. When you when you give up on a guy and then he comes right back and, and jams you. But uh, it happens to all of us. That's for sure. Absolutely. All right, dude. Let's hit this main slate. It is a very, very competitive seven-game slate. Uh, it's 30 minutes later than normal, so everybody be aware of that. You get a little extra time. It's a 7.30 Eastern slate. And the first game is uh, the Brooklyn Nets at Toronto Raptors. You've got Brooklyn on the first half of a back-to-back, -back, so not sure if that's going to affect their rotation a little bit. Uh, he generally... 
uh, you know, doesn't like to overextend guys. So I'm, you know, it gives me a little concern on, on extra minutes for the Brooklyn guys with playing again tomorrow. We know Kyrie's still out for this game. Um, on the Toronto side, uh, there are seven and a half point favorite at home against Brooklyn and the over-unders 219 and a half. Van Vliet, I have as listed as still questionable. Do you still have that as well? Um, I think he's more doubtful right now at this point. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going forward with him, you know, sitting out. Um, but it, it's a okay. knee contusion. Um, you know, it could go either way at this point. It's not like he's dealing with some sort of hamstring soreness where they're going to give him another game. It's going to come whether he can wake up and he has a stiff knee or not, and that's going to determine whether yeah. he's going to play. Uh, but I'm going for it as though he's not. Okay. Uh, again, massive news because that shifts this whole game for me. I mean, it brings Lowry and even increases Siakam's value with Van Vliet's uh, 32% and second in the uh, league in minutes played uh, off the floor. So it changes all of that. Um, it changes the defensive rotation against Dinwiddie and some of the Brooklyn players. So certainly news we have to get. Um, Pace-wise, these teams get up and down more than you'd think. Uh, 10th and 13th, so they're both above uh, average in pace. Uh, but they do both play decent defense. Brooklyn all the way up to 15th, so they're uh, actually getting it done uh, defensively with their rotations. And as we know, Toronto's pretty sharp on D. They're fourth, uh, so they could cause some issues. So give us a little bit of a breakdown here, my man. All right. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm going to be taking this as though Van Vliet is sitting, and that's going to directly impact a lot of my play. So uh, one of my favorite core value plays is going to be in this game. I'm going to be looking at Pascal Siakam. He's just way too cheap in this matchup at 7,900, knowing that he's going to get a massive usage bump uh, with Van Vliet yeah. off the floor. The shot attempts have been there. I mean, he's averaging about 20 shot attempts over the past four games. Um, just poor shooting. That's all. That's all the only thing. If you look at the box scores, it's the only thing that's bothering him. Um, and, you know, you can look at that two games of shooting uh, 7 of 18. So I, yeah. I'm going to have a lot well, of One of them was against the Clippers, And too. we'll let that one slide. So yeah. uh, I have no problem making him one of my staple uh, staple cash plays, kind of looking at him at 7,900 in this matchup. And then uh, looking at Lowry, I think you could definitely warrant playing him. 7,800 is a fair price tag for him, especially if Van Vliet out. It's just going to come down to do you want to overexpose yourself to this game? And when a push comes to shove, I'd rather pay the extra $100 for Siakam. Yep, I agree, man. I, I'm on the Siakam bandwagon in this game, too. I think, you know, especially if Van Vliet sits, just his increased usage, uh, I think Brooklyn will have a little bit of trouble uh, checking him, and it's a home game. I mean, it just – and I think he's too cheap. I don't understand why he's uh, – he's about five, $600 at least cheaper than I think he should be. I think they mispriced him. Yeah, and it's it, it could just be because uh, if you look at, you know, like a DK algorithm, um, you know, defense versus position they have him ranked fourth going against brooklyn but we also know brooklyn's one of the worst rebounding teams so while he yeah. may you know have a tough uh you know maybe on paper brooklyn does well against power forwards uh, that's basically what that says uh yeah. it's not necessarily the case if you look at like, no. a direct matchup they do bad against centers so, yeah and there's some correlation there for sure and you know tory and prince yeah. yeah he may help be able to hold his own against some other power forwards he's probably going to struggle going against a guy like siakam i think so too so is that the only guy you're really 
pushing on in this game? Mostly. Um, I mean, we know that they're bad against centers, but just the divvying up between Gasol and Ibaka's minutes just you know takes them both out of play for me. Norman Powell is going to see a big increase in minutes and a little bit of usage as well with Van Vliet off, but he's priced at 5300 so more of a cash yeah. than a tournament play. He just doesn't have that upside necessarily on a night-to-night right. basis. Um, you know, we have seen him put up a 40-point game here and there, so I guess if you want to take a shot at him, but uh, just not the spot for me where I, I'm going to kind of go there. I think I'm just going to limit myself to the two main guys on that team and mostly Siakam. Very nice. You know, for me as a cash player, uh, for exactly the reason you said, <clears throat> if Van Vliet sits, I really like, uh, I think uh, Powell is a great play. I mean, he has stepped up time after time when he's had to log the big minutes with uh, when Lowry was out, he crushed. And now that Van Vliet's out, he's crushing. So um, he's certainly on my radar. I need to make sure, though, for me, that Van Vliet is, is ruled out. If he is, uh, I guarantee you, Powell, at that fair price, is, is going to make some of my lineups. On the Brooklyn side, though, you know, I've been with probably as much as anybody in the industry on, on Dinwiddie. I play him almost every night uh, since Irving's been out. But again, you know, I think they have the back to back coming with tomorrow. Uh, to- Toronto's so damn good on defense as a team. Uh, I'm just not going to go with anybody on Brooklyn myself. I don't knock you. I think Dinwiddie's the only guy I would look at. I'm with you. Um, but, again, tough matchup. It's a front end of a back-to-back. There's many reasons not to play him. There's plenty of other guards at similar price tags that um, are also in good spots. So uh, if I'm playing 10 lineups, I'll have some exposure. Maybe I'll limit myself to, you know, like one or two lineups. But I'm not going to go crazy on Dinwiddie. I'm with you. All right, the next game, and I hope you can make some sense out of this game because I have no idea what to even recommend to our listeners on this one, and I'm so confused. It's uh, it's an 8 p.m. Eastern game. It's the L.A. Clippers at the Chicago Bulls. Both teams played last night, so they're both on the second half of a, a double, uh, you know, two games in two days. Uh, I I would assume Kawhi may sit in this game. He doesn't – I don't think he's played two games in a row on back-to-back nights in at least two seasons. Uh, so I haven't seen any news. It's still pretty early in the morning on Saturday. So obviously, if you ever watch the news on anything, uh, it's this game. And then you got two teams on back-to-backs. Uh, both teams have guys out. And the Clippers were had four guys out last night. And so – I can't wait to hear your breakdown on this one. But, you know, the pace is good. The Clippers are seventh. Chicago's 12th. Uh, But they do both play good defense. Clippers are sixth. And the Bulls are all the way up to 10th. They have been defending. Their games have been going lower and lower scoring. Uh, Clippers are four-and-a-half-point favorites. So Vegas expects to stay fairly close. I would assume Vegas doesn't expect Kawhi to play with that line. Um, And... 218 on the total so what do you think man uh yeah so this is this is a game that's all about news um you brought that up already but um i'm gonna take this and i'm gonna kind of give my advice um you know on the caveat that certain players are sitting i expect patrick beverly to sit he was dealing with with a concussion uh lou williams i would expect to be questionable coming into this has a chance to sit. it was you know sore right calf calf injuries aren't something you want to play with um it was a back-to-back so that could be Mm -hmm. part of the reason so if lou williams and patrick beverly sits I'm not, I'm not going to any of the guards. Uh, we kind of saw last night they divvied him up. Um, shout out to Brandon Marcus over here at Hoopball. He's our Clippers guy. He jumped in yeah. at the last minute, gave some fantastic advice on Twitter. Uh, I retweeted yeah. some of it. 
and he hit the nail on the head. He was absolutely right with his calls. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of maybe I'll lean back towards him. And, uh, you know, any of our listeners, please tweet at him. Brandon's very active on Twitter. He has no problem answering any of your questions. And definitely go give him a follow at BD Marcus um, whenever you have a minute because he is the go-to Clippers guy uh, whenever absolutely. I need some advice. So, um, But I'm going to take this as those guys, if they sit, I'm loading up on Paul George. And I think you can load up on him either way. There's just so many avenues for him getting good run. He's underpriced. He blew up in the last one. Two back-to-back good games um, when they had a back-to-back last time. So I, I don't really worry yeah. about that um, affecting him too much. And at the end of the day, if Kawhi Leonard, Lou Williams are sitting, there's going to be shot attempts galore for him. I agree with you. What about Chicago, man? Anything on the Bulls? No, thank They're you. Bad. Not touching yeah, they, the Bulls. Not touching they them. They stink, and they have to play against the Clippers' D. So I, I don't particularly like anybody on the Bulls at all. I mean, I, I don't remember – wanting to pass this much on a team in a while <laughs> well we'll get to the Cavs later too so don't, oh, you know, don't hold don't hold your breath on that one but uh yeah no I'm with you there's nothing too enticing bad matchup they struggle on offense so you know when the Bulls do do well it's one player on the Bulls that does well it's never like as a team effort so uh yeah. also, I don't even like the one off so you know well you're when you said you listen to this back you said when the Bulls do do and you know what? <laughs> that sums up the Bulls right there. Absolutely. They're a big steaming pile of doo doo. But uh, now on the Clippers side, I'll tell you, I'm gonna uh, either play one or two guys based on the news, uh, and it's all based on the news. If if uh, Leonard sits, Paul George, hundred percent foundational play for me. Um, I've got the gut feeling that Lou Williams is going to play in this game. I think his uh, leg thing was just like a bad bruise kind of thing from what I read. And uh, I think he, he's going to suit it up. He's usually really durable. And I like uh, with, you know, Kawhi out, if he is, uh, I think Lou, this is a perfect game with Chicago's uh, average defense that he could just tear it up. So I'll be double Clippers, single Clippers, or no Clippers, depending on the news. And I'm with you, no Bulls. Yeah, I mean, if if we hear Lou Williams is playing and there's no sort of restriction or anything like that, definitely you can go right to him. Um, I do want to mention that as bad as the Bulls' defense is, is, they've been fairly good against defending opposing point guards. Um, so yeah. I, you know that's worth it's worth mentioning. They kind of kept uh, Trey Young in check when they played him. They kept uh, both of the Char- Charlotte guys in check last night. So um, you know I, I do take that into Good consideration point. when I uh, when I when I target the Bulls. Is that um, I generally look to target them in the front court. Um, so I for that sole reason I do think Lou Williams is lightning in a bottle and minutes restriction all the usage with Kawhi he's still in play at seven K it's a little too cheap for him but I just wanted to mention that. No, that's a good point. I you know it's so. Hard for me to say, and I, I see that stat as well. But it's you know if if it's a Pat Beverly and he gets the majority of the minutes at, at point guard or whatever, you know that that's where that really solid defensive rankings coming from. But if you watch the Bulls games, they play like four guys at point guard, all split minutes. Kobe plays some point, Sadoransky plays some point, Dunn plays some point. They they switch guys, you know, go bigger and play so. To me, it's the question is, is there really a defensive stopper amongst that group or is it strictly are they doing it by committee? 
What do you think? It's a little bit of both. I mean, Chris Dunn's a very good defender, so he's the primary focus when you're looking at you know why they've been so good against defending point guards. Um, so I think it has a lot to do with Dunn, and Dunn's been seeing steady minutes as of late. So um, a lot of that probably has to do, and you can actually check the check the box scores, and you might even see a little bit of correlation to that in the games where Dunn plays a little bit more. They might be going against a little bit more of a of an active uh, scoring point guard. Um, but I, I, I don't know. It's not something I have actually pinpointed. That's kind of all an assumption. I haven't even looked back at the box scores to check that. Um, so it's really all speculation on that. I just noticed that um, they have been doing very well against opposing point guards and something I've kind of kept on my radar. And I just know um, Chris Dunn is a, is a player I've actually followed throughout his career. He's from Connecticut. I've got to interview him a few times. Uh, so I, I just know that he's been very stout defender all throughout his career. And he doesn't shy when it comes to steals and checking guys. You know, no, he definitely can get up in people. But, uh, you know, one thing to note, put this in the notes because it's something to watch going forward. Uh, two games ago, they just made the decision of that they were going to start Sadoransky and Dunn together in the backcourt and play smaller and, and move uh, uh, Levine to the three. Have you noticed that? Because what what's happened is Sadoransky – was being backed up by Dunn, and then they'd bring Kobe in at sort of the two. Now it's all shifted around. They're playing Sadoransky and Dunn together, and now Kobe is the second string point guard. So that, you know, something to take note of because that that is going to affect, I think, game flow. Uh, and it actually makes, to me, makes Kobe White a little bit more playable um, in the fact that he's going to run that second unit, you know? Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to go there on this slate just because it's the Clippers. I'm but, not either. But a good note going forward, absolutely. We love targeting <laughs> those bench guards that get high usage and are in good scenarios. We're kind of see Kevin Huerta's, um, you know, his stock is kind of rising just because he's playing yeah. a little bit of backup point. We've been seeing him get assists now nightly on a nightly basis. So uh, good note, exactly. Coach. I like that. All right, man. We go on to uh, game three on the main slate. It's the Washington Wizards at the Memphis Grizzlies in the all-zero defensive game. Uh, this has got to be the game that you you stack. I'm sorry. I mean, it's just – well, sometimes when things are that obvious, you just have to do it and not overthink it. But you, here are the scenarios for that. Number one, you've got the second and fifth highest-paced teams in the league. That's a big box check. Number two – You've got the dead worst defensive efficient team in the league in Washington and 21st and falling in Memphis. That's box number two. Box number three, you got Memphis on the back, to, uh, second half of a back-to-back, and they've already had guys sitting. And then number four is the spread is, is one point. Washington as a road favorite. Now, you explained to me how Washington could be a road favorite. Amazing. And then the final and fifth uh, winning factor here, 236 total, which is by ten point nine points the highest on the entire slate. Uh, we know Mo Wagner is out. We also know that uh, Bryant is still out. And Isaiah Thomas is questionable. So it allows all kinds of possibilities here, man. Are you going to stack this game? 
I'm definitely gonna have a lot of shares, and I'm gonna do some game scripts where I I trot out a couple lineups where I do have like six or seven guys in this game just in case it happens to hit that uh, that overtime level and we end up seeing just a massive scoring game. But I'm okay. I'm definitely gonna have a, a couple mini stacks. I think that's the route I'm gonna take in most of my GPPs because there are some other guys I was really looking to get some exposure to as well. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not gonna be able to spend up on anybody. So in a couple of the lineups, maybe where I do want to trot out a Luca or a Harden and still get you know one of Paul George or Siakam, um, I'm not probably gonna be able to get the Beal in those lineups as well. So th- th- right. you'll kind of see how I game script these and in the lineups where I'm probably fading Harden and Luca, I'm gonna trot out you know Beal, George, Siakam as uh, as probably my foundational core. Very good, man. Very good. Um... You know, I saw an interesting stat yesterday. Uh, they have they have the defensive real plus minus numbers. You know, for this year now they have a big big enough sample size. And out of all of the players in the entire league, I'm talking every player at every position. They have them ranked from first to dead last. I'll give you a guess on who's dead last, which I think you'll get, but who's second to dead last? I think is a shocker. Would you like to take a shot? Well, the dead last has to be uh, Trey Young or Isaiah Thomas. Bingo! It's Trey Young, dead last. Yeah, we we that's been the 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 horn that we've been you know sounding off since before the season started, dating back to last year. So uh, no you doubt. know, every time you do this to me, you set me up with somebody in this game, and you said <laughs> I'm going to be shocked. Right. You said I'm going to be shocked. Correct. Is it? Uh, would it be Beal? You are the winner of both showcases. It is Bradley Beal. And that shocked the hell out of me because if you watch him, it looks like he's busting his ass on defense, but uh, he's just getting scorched, absolutely scorched. So something to keep in mind uh, going forward when when Beal's uh, garden twos that he is not getting it done whatsoever, and he's a big reason that they're ranked 30th. It's, you know, I always try to blame Isaiah for everything, but here, here it is. Beal's worse ranked than Isaiah. So something to, uh, you know, keep in mind, another good note to make, but, uh, you know, speaking of Mr. Beal, now that I've just trashed his name and family, uh, for, (laughs) I am going to roster the man. So I hope he doesn't try to punch me in the nose. Definitely not a family you want to trash coach. I'm pretty sure he has two brothers that are linemen in the NFL as well. Oh my God! No, it's you know I'm I'm rostering you, Mr. Bill. I think you're awesome. I'm not <laughs> messing with you at all, Mr. Bill. That's an old Saturday Night Live skit. I don't know. Do you ever see oh, Mr. Yeah. Bill? Yes, I have. I'm, yeah, a, big, no, I'm a big no, SNL, no, <laughs> big no. SNL guy. There you go, Mr. Bill. So that'll be me. I'll be Mr. Bill. No, don't do that and smash him with a brick or whatever. But <laughs> anyway, for the younger folks, look up Mr. Bill. B I L L on the old Saturday Night Lives. Absolutely hilarious. Okay. Uh, Anyway, he is going to make my roster today. I just think, you know, this game sets up so much, so well for him. Now, I do respect the guy you say is my favorite player in the league, which is, you know who that is, right? Mr. Brooks. Mr. Brooks, Dylan Brooks. But I just, I I, I do respect his defense, but I just think the pace – and the, the factor of this game, you know, makes Beal a good play. He is slightly overpriced. So, you know, this isn't this isn't going to be – this might be something I change at the last minute if, if news breaks where I can get a, a stronger play somewhere else. As of now, he's in, but he's only in my 
skeleton lineup right now, and I got to see what happens because I do respect Brooks. But I mean, you just have to feel like a dope for not having what a minimum of at least two guys from this game, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I, at the end of the day, you mentioned that this game total and the spread just you know spews fantasy so, goodness. So all who around. is it? Is it is it the Bertans love that everybody's showing him? He'll definitely get a lot of ownership. I mean, I prefer to go uh, Rui over him in this matchup, and it's solely just because the front court is going to be very thin without Wagner, and uh, Rui just has a little bit more rebounding upside, so I feel a little bit, you know, safer going to him. But they're both definitely in play. They're both definitely priced up as well. So I, I think I'm actually going to get a little bit uh, more of my exposure on the other side of the ball um, with Memphis. Okay, uh, I'll just make one more mention of a guy on Washington and. And please don't turn off your uh, computers and your phones. Uh, but I don't believe that I'm saying this, but I'm saying it. You might be able to get 20 to 25 fantasy points at a dead man, Ian Mahimi. Mm-hmm. Uh, you must be looking at uh, FanDuel because he's he's not dead men on DraftKings. That's the only reason I didn't mention him. He's definitely worth noting and kind of looking at. He's 4,200 on DK. So you're looking, yeah. you know, for 5X, you need at least 20, uh, you know, 21 DK points out of him, which I think his ceiling's probably right around 25 or 26. So I think a I lot agree. of people are going to look at him. Um, and it's in a good matchup. It's warranted. Um, I'll probably have a share or two. Don't get me wrong. And they need the big body to guard Joval. So. That's a, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's kind of a thing, though. It's, uh, we'll get to Joval. I want to talk about him because he's always one of my favorite tournament plays. It's just how many minutes do they Why actually decide to play? Why so bad lately, dude? It's the minutes. He's awful. Minutes equal money, coach. Uh, you know, we, we talk about it all the time. He's a great point-per-minute producer, but these games where he gets 21 or 19 minutes aren't going to get it done. We need him playing at least mid-20s to up, you know, to low-30s to really well, capitalize. Uh, what's the reasoning? This is what I don't understand. I've looked at all the, the uh, coach talk. His injury uh, is fine. His minutes limit's been lifted. He's not getting in foul trouble except for that one game. So why isn't he playing? So I think a lot of it comes down to just matchup dependency. So when you look at Milwaukee, they have a stretch five. They can really you know cause some problems for a guy like Joe Val. He struggled. The last game that he only played 21 was against Utah. And it was kind of a little bit of a game that got out of hand. So that could have directly impacted that. And it's also against Rudy Gobert. We saw the last time that they played Utah and he went against Rudy Gobert. He played big minutes. And it yeah. was because it was a little bit of a closer game. And so, I, I dialed him up in that game against Utah and he buried my fat but so it's very very matchup dependent and i think that's the route i'm going to look at it like this so if we see davis bertans playing a lot of center instead of ruri if ruri's playing power forward i think that's going to be the mismatch that we don't want to look at joe val because he could get the same thing as brooke lopez treatment and bertans will just stretch him out and it's going to limit his minutes greatly so if we see that ruri starting at center i feel a little bit i mean ruri could shoot as well don't get me wrong but he's not going to try to stretch out nearly as much. He's going to kind of be playing in that mid-range and in the paint a little bit more. And then I think that's the matchup where Joe Val can take advantage of. That's a great point. So a lot of it is sort of what's been happening happening to Capella lately. Teams are, are going so small that they basically play Capella right off the floor and Houston matches with playing uh, P.J. Tucker at center like Washington's been doing with uh, Hashimura. So – you know, I guess the, the million-dollar question here is, does Mahimi jump up and get 20 to 25 minutes to, and Joe Val gets to be on the floor all of that time? Or did the teams go small 
and it's Bertans or, or Hashimura at center and J, Triple J at center for Memphis. That's the million-dollar question. Absolutely, and that's why I strictly will be looking at Joe Val in tournaments, and I guess we could just slide right over to the Grizz side. Um, yeah, I'm looking at Joe Val. I like the price tag. I love the matchup. It's just he's a little risky to trust in cash games, but he always presents that kind of GPP upside that we're looking for, and he can easily this can easily be a smash 40-plus uh, point spot for him, or we can get another 19, 20-minute game out of him because they decided to stretch him out with Bretons, and we're left holding a bag of emptiness at 7,300. So very, very yeah. tournament-reliable player um, or uh, warranted player, but do not trust him in your cash games. And then uh, I think John Morant is going to be one of my top point guard options on this entire slate, knowing that he just rested in the last one. It, you know, it says back injury, but they, they mentioned that we would just want to give him a break. And I don't know why they're resting rookies and the, the league is just okay with this. Um, okay. Unless he's seriously hurt, he should be playing. He's, you know, he's one of the top rookies in the league. And Memphis yeah. has nothing else to watch. I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. showed up. So if you bought tickets to that game, you were pretty excited. And you, you got to see him knock down a ton of three-pointers and get to 43 real-life points. But um, a night's rest, great matchup. You already mentioned how porous. You know, Ish Smith is another really weak defender. Bradley Beal has been doing terrible this season. No problem loading up on John Morant in this matchup. What do you think his minutes will be in this game? I, I assume because he rested that he'll play at least 30 minutes. I mean, he played 33 minutes against Phoenix, and, um, you know, they, the reason that they rested him was because of his back. So it's not like his back right. wasn't bothering him in that game if it was. So this game should stay close. I'd expect at least 30-plus minutes out of him, um, and I'm perfectly okay with paying the price tag if, if he's getting that much. You know, you bring up a good point, and I, maybe you have the answer, or if one of our listeners does, uh, send me a, a, a tweet or Twitter, uh, connect with a DM on Twitter, because I, I can't figure this out for the life of me. I'm, a, I'm an NBA nerd. I love Adam Silver. Actually, I also want to put prayers and thoughts out to David Stern. I, he was the, the commissioner that I grew up with in the NBA that made the NBA go from a, a fledgling league that was almost going to disband to, you know, po- other than maybe the NFL, the most popular uh, sports league in the world. And he, he had a brain uh, aneurysm uh, scenario here a couple days ago in emergency surgery. I'm, you know, I haven't heard the news today if he's, you know, his life was in danger. So prayers to him and his family, you know, the, the generation behind me doesn't really know that, you know, they know Adam Silver, but Adam Silver was the right-hand man to David Stern for 20, 25 years. So uh, prayers to him. But to get back to that point, Adam Silver, uh, <clears throat> the rules that he's trying to put out with this whole thing are so disjointed and confusing. I know they fined the Clippers $50,000 for uh, not playing Kawhi or something like that just for rest purposes. And then they came back this past week and really tried to drop the hammer on Detroit for sitting a couple of guys that weren't even on the injury report uh, that they turned into the NBA. And so Detroit responded by putting six guys listed as probable yesterday, which was asinine, uh, and or, or that was Thursday, I mean. And then... You see, you know, it, it, it seemed like when that first fine came out, teams were putting down, instead of load management, because that got them the fine, they were putting down injury management. So guys that were coming off, like a DeJounte Murray coming off a knee surgery last year, you know, you're sitting him not for rest, but for that purpose. But now you look like yesterday and, and even into some of today's, 
You just look at player, whatever his name is, rest. So what the hell is going on? It's uh, it's mind-boggling, and that's that's why I wanted to bring it up. I can't believe that they can you know, get away. I understand if they're serious injuries, but it's clearly not that serious if he was able to run 33 minutes against the Suns. Uh, you know, Morant, being the number two overall pick, should be playing in back-to-backs. Yeah, he's like 19, 20 years old, Max. Absolutely. So, my God, I just it's it's very disappointing. And like you say, you know, if if you are a Jaw Morant super fan and you want you you could take your game your team to see a Memphis game and you got your Morant gear that you saved up for and you're there and the dude's a hundred percent healthy basically and is sitting there in street clothes. That's just not fair, man. It's not right. Nah, not not for the fans. No, I, I'm furious about it. But I, uh, you know, I think people are going to say, "Hey, don't tra- uh, uh, chase the Triple J points." He just had his career high last night. Don't chase him. I like him in this matchup. I don't think, you know, if if I figure out that they are going to go small and not play Mahimi a ton, which plays Jovell off the floor some, I just think Jaw and Triple J just go off because Washington can't defend at all, man. So I, you know, I'm leaning this uh, in this game to Triple J and Jaw, and then I'd like to be able to go with Beal on the other side, uh, but I'm not positive if I can afford it. But those would be the three, and then you know, just for the hell of it, in a, in a GPP GPP build, I am going to put Mahimi in there just in case the game does go big. But that was it. All right. Yeah, I do like Jackson as well. Um, not going to be one of my foundational pieces just because, uh, you know, it is a back-to-back. He's been doing a lot better with the foul trouble, though, as of late. I, I know. Don't, I don't know knock if he's on not. Wood. Knock on wood. And it, it looks like it just might be him, you know, not get contesting as many jump uh, jump shots or maybe not, you know, contesting so many shots at the rim, whatever it may be, because his blocks have been down um, since, you know, he was getting into so much foul trouble. But right. we'll, we'll take him on the court for, you know, big minutes. Uh, yeah. over, over the two extra blocks or extra block and a half we might see per game. And Washington doesn't have any beasts inside. They're a three-point bomb shooting team, Absolutely so. nobody. And it directly correlates in, if you're not playing Valachunas to maybe take an extra look at Jaron Jackson Jr. in that kind of scenario. Triple J, man. Triple J. All right. I never go. I usually never go to Triple J either. Okay. All right. Next game, 8.30 Eastern time. Uh, exciting game, Miami Heat yeah. at Dallas Mavericks. Uh, interesting, low, low total for the Mavericks, 215.5. Their numbers have been in the 228s, 232s lately, but the Heat are, are intense on defense for sure. Uh, you've got the 21st and 20th pace, so not the two fastest teams. A lot of half-court sets they set up for Butler and running some pick and rolls with Bam and then Luca just doing whatever he wants to do is run the offense on, on the one side. Uh, but you know, the other concerning factor is, so you got two pretty slow teams. They're ninth and 14th in defense. So respectable defensive teams. Somehow Dallas is an eight point favorite, which is really shocking to me. Uh, but I'd, that I'd take that. Um, if you're a betting, I, I if you're a betting guy, I would take Miami with the eight points all day long. Well, here's the thing, though. You got Miami on a second night of a back-to-back, and you know who they played last night, the Lakers. So that's got to take the wind out of their sails a little bit, wouldn't you think? Absolutely, but I just think that they, these teams, they're they're not an eight-point difference, even with that kind of scenario. I don't I mean, think so either. Um, I, I'm I mean, not I'm afraid Dallas is going to – 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, no, no, that's okay. I was going to say, I'm not saying that Miami's going to come out here and win this game, but I just think, you know, I, I like that eight points. I know that Butler is the type of player who's going to try to keep every single game close, regardless of rest, regardless of minutes and who's playing on their team. Uh, he's enough of a force uh, to also kind of keep Luca in check possibly a little bit too. You better believe uh, it. Um, so, you know, for all those reasons, I kind of like that eight point spread. You know, I'm I'm terrified that Miami's going to win this game straight out. It's just not a good matchup for the Mavericks. First of all, you know, my favorite play in this game is Bam Adebayo. I think he's he's just a nightmare matchup for the Mavs. Uh, they're not going to if they put Porzingis on him, he's going to get in foul trouble. And if if they do the the do the the dynamic defensive duo of uh, Paul and Kleba. You know, he may dunk on their domes about four or five times. So I think Bam is is one of my foundational pieces and my favorite center on the entire slate, um, you know, which which is scary. And I'm not playing anybody on the Dallas side. So I know they're favorites, but I don't like this over-under. Uh, Winslow and Dragic are out for Miami. So you know Nunn's going to get extra run. Hero's going to get extra run. Um you know, that makes those guys tempting. But, you know, the total is low. I think uh, I'm just going to go bam. And I don't – I won't take anybody this year that Butler guards. I, I think Butler now, to me, is in that small group of avoid no matter what, and that's Beverly, Marcus Smart, Jimmy Butler, and Kawhi, you know, sort of those guys. And Giannis, that like five guys. So I'm not going to go Luca, and I know I said last time to fade Luca, and I think he had 85 in the elevation. <laughs> so you know what? Go for it, Luca, man. I'm I'm all for you, but uh, for me, this game is Bam. Nobody else. What about you? Uh, for the Miami side, I'm with you. I'm only touching Bam. Great matchup for him. Fair price tag. He should be able to just have his way with the front court. Um, and then looking at the other side, uh, now this is this is the caveat GPPs only. Uh, I would not okay. be recommending it for cash just because I think this is a nice, fair, and balanced approach we could take for cash. Uh, but I think we're going to get Doncic at a low ownership, just given the fact that we're going to have Harden in that later game. Never at a low ownership. It, lower, low, lower, lower ownership than I guess you could say he'd normally be at, because a lot of people are just going to throw Harden in their lineup with Westbrook likely to sit. That news came yeah. out earlier, so we'll get to that game. Right. But knowing that there's that they're both, you know, Lucas priced up. He's 12K. Um, tough matchup. But he could go out there and pour 70 points on any single night. And if for some reason Harden has that little bit of a down game, um, and I'm expecting a higher ownership with Westbrook sitting, that could wow. be the kind of needle that kind of tips that Luka Doncic thing. And we also, like we talked about, we have so many other games. This is a down total for him. It's a tough yeah. defensive matchup. We it have is. that Memphis-Washington game with a high total. We have so many other options that we can go to. Where I think Doncic, he's not going to be low-owned. He's definitely going to be a, a slightly under a hair under where he normally is, um, and I wouldn't be shocked if he's normally at like a thirty percent ownership. If we get him at like seventeen to you know twenty two tonight, possibly, possibly so the, so a caveat. So maybe in the lineups I'm not playing Harden and I'm not going fair and balanced. I'll probably have if I'm playing twenty lineups. I'll probably have him about three or four. Interesting. No, I I, I get it. I mean, I hey, I'm the guy that is both eighty point. Luca games, I've I've said to fade him, so I I certainly don't have the exact pulse there, but no, I understand. Uh, Delon Wright is more than likely going to miss this game. Do you think anybody profits from that? Is it 
Curry again. I hope people Curry go back to that Curry awesome. well. That is such a sucker. Yeah, I hope people do. go back there. I'm not. I'm not doing that. No, listen. I'm not. I'm not touching. I, t- I said it off the top. It's Bam on Dallas side. I'm not touching the Dallas side. And if I do, it's going to be Doncic as that one-off play and a few tournament lineups, just on the caveat of his ownership and the upside he presents. But I, I, I really, even, I'm not really even going to him in my single entries or in my, uh, my cash lineups, just because it's a tough matchup. I wouldn't be shocked if he has a bad game. And if he is going to have a bad game, these are the types of matchups that he does have one in. So, you know, yeah. very, like take that with, uh, with a little bit of consideration. Like I said, play it in that kind of scenario if you're going to play him, in my opinion. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's Luka Doncic. <laughs> this yeah, kid's so good. I agree. He's I mean, so Hardaway deserves a little bit of a mention. He gets a little bump of extra minutes with right out, but can't go there. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a sad state of affairs that we don't even discuss Chris Stapp's Porzingis anymore. He doesn't even come up. Like he's not even a consideration anymore. And he was like super high owned early in the year, but he just consistently uh, is undervalued. He's been like two, three X uh, all year. I know his price has been higher than it should have been. And it is coming down. But, uh, you know, it's just it's hard to believe that KP is now like single digits every night. Yeah, I know. And it's probably the price tag still up there just because of the name value. Um, and until that, until that, you know, that play starts to increase, and he has been shooting so poor this season. I, th- I think yeah. I checked it; it was a few days ago. He was shooting about thirty-eight percent over the past yeah. like fifteen games or so. So, you know, that's bound law of averages. That's going to change. It's the same reason why I'm kind of looking at Beal in the earlier game. If we're just looking at the statistics, he's been shooting so poor as of late. I think he's been shooting yeah. somewhere around the same, like thirty-something percent over the past five games. And yeah. that's some things are bound to change. But I'm, I'm looking for them to change in good matchups, not bad matchups. So I don't mind going to Beal, looking for the bounce back and uh you know the law of averages to kind of you know get back to the norm as opposed to a guy like Chris stops going against Miami in a low scoring game yeah and it's a tough defense but I'll tell you you know my son was sort of freaking out about Chris Stapps you know saying you know he's a bum or he's not the second best guy on the team like he was supposed to be and all this stuff but what people forget is he missed two seasons basically and you don't if you look at anybody that misses a full season, it happened to Paul George, Gordon Hayward, everybody. It takes sometimes an entire season to get back to just feeling right out on the floor, timing and speed and everything. But you have to give this dude at least to the all-star break. So I think everybody's been pretty hard on him. You know, my only beef is I just want him to be tougher. He just doesn't bang at all. And when you're 7'4", whatever he is, weight-wise, 260, 50, 40, I don't know. But you got to get in there and jam a little bit. Yeah, so that's never his game. I don't I mean, think we'll ever well, see that you know, from him. Well, it was in New York. When he was that rookie sensation and made the all-star team, he not only uh, hit all the threes, he got rebounds, tip-ins, he was in the top five in rebounding. He banged a little bit. He actually would post up, put a little baby hook or up and under or something. You just don't see him do that now. So I don't know if it's still that tentativeness in his brain because of the injury. I'm hoping that he plays through that. But until I see him turn that corner, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, for the Mavericks' sake, and we're both Mavs fans, if he does turn that corner, whoo look out, man. 
That's the thing. I don't think they're they don't need to rush him to take that corner. They're, they're no. easing him along. They'll let you gotta understand when you have a rookie or not rookie, a sophomore sensation like Luka Doncic who's twenty years old who can literally carry teams with forty point triple doubles. Uh, yeah. uh you know, you, you could you come along slowly and uh, you know, we don't worry about that thirty eight percent shooting as much just because we know that they got some other stars to bail them out and I'm expecting it to turn around a little bit. This kid's very talented. He's he's still doing. He still looks very good defensively. Uh, but it's just yeah, the shot attempts and the, shot. And, the yeah. and you know the things, the little things that we need to see him turn around. And that will that will just come with uh, the rust wearing off after a little while. I'm with you, man. All right, we have three games left on the board. Again, uh, well, we'll, say, we'll say about two, one and a half. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> really, if that. Um, but we do want to thank our presenting sponsor, Juan Alcona Coffee Company. We really appreciate uh, their support and their partnership with hoop-ball.com. Uh, go to hoop-ball.com. If you really are into the DFS world, just click on forums, click on DFS thread. You, there's constantly a flow of information there, player news. Miles and Andy just crushed that. And the rest of the DFS pros were popping stuff on there all the time. Uh, also at, at hoop-ball.com, sign up for the Bruise Letter. It's a great uh, sort of summation uh, that comes out that really gives you an update on all the teams. And there's a good prime package there uh, with hoop-ball.com where uh, you have access to all kinds of uh, uh, information, content, podcast, et cetera, et cetera. So definitely jump on there. Also, um, you know, you can listen to us wherever podcasts are heard. You know, I I keep mentioning every show because I want everybody to get in that habit. Three-step series, listen to us in the morning, uh, follow all the news, lock the lineup in uh, right before lock so you don't miss anything. Uh, and we're everywhere podcasts can be found. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere. So you All you have to do is search DFS Today, NBA DFS Today, however you, you search for it. We're going to pop up because uh, we're getting a lot of activity. All we ask, you take 10, 15, 20 seconds, hit the five stars, likes, thumbs up, give a quick couple of words of you know uh, review just to help get us more and more momentum as we grow this. Uh, you know, I feel without question we're the best uh, in front of the paywall, free seven-day-a-week NBA DFS con- content. And we want to keep offering that to you. So we want to build on this. We want to get some some more uh, people involved with it and just keep growing it. So please take the time to do that. We really appreciate it. And then uh, the Twitter piece, you know, that is so key. We mentioned a couple times every show because that's where you get the real true info. So follow us there, comment there, ask questions there, post winning results there, whatever, you know, let's keep this, get this going more and more and create a real uh, hoop ball DFS uh, family that, that communicates and, and pushes and helps each other uh, be successful. Uh, again, I'm at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A at Language Olympic and at Miles 6565. And if you're just looking for the hoop ball feed, it's at hoop ball fantasy. So jump on there, guys. All right, three games left. We've, uh, as Mike said, you know, it's sort of like a game and a half when you combine these three. 
Uh, 8.30 p.m., we have the Cleveland Cavaliers, if, a shell of a team that they are, at the mighty Milwaukee Bucks. If there's ever been a blowout game, this has to be a blowout game. The, the spread's only 12.5. I think I'd give like 16.5 in this game. But anyway, so you've got Pace Cleveland, 24 Pace Milwaukee number one. So monster pace up for Cleveland. And defensively, Cleveland third to last in the league. Terrible defensively. Milwaukee number one. So Milwaukee is playing at a different level. Uh, Bledsoe, I don't know if there's been an actual distinction to where he is questionable-wise. but I got I was that for watching- you. Oh, what do you got? Uh, he is questionable, but I would expect him to play. There was actually a little bit of a, a fun, um, you know, I think his name uh, Matt Velasquez, beat writer for the Bucks, had a fun little back and forth with him during the uh, you know post game and asked him if he was going to play tomorrow. He said, "I'll be out there." And uh, the guy Velasquez, the beat writer, asked him. He's like, "Are you sure?" Because uh, last time, uh, you know, Chris Middleton said it wasn't that serious either, and then he missed two to three weeks, and he said, uh, and then mm. Bledsoe came back and said something along the lines of, "Yeah, well, that's because uh, Chris is a little baby." So, uh, ah, so uh, you know, he joked a little bit. He said it's not a big deal that he should be out there. So I'm, I'm kind of going on the caveat that he is playing, um, and I think you know the spread kind of hints at that as well. Yeah, it seems as though, but you know, he took a pretty uh, hard smack in the shin and missed the rest of the game last night. Um, they are in the second half of a back-to-back. You know, the, the big news yesterday was, would Giannis play or not? And Giannis did play. So that's another question. You know, is Giannis going to play full tilt minutes in this game when he was questionable yesterday and it's a back-to-back against the worst team in the league? What do you think about the Giannis take? Uh, I'm just not. T- I mean, overall take this game, regardless if Giannis plays, he's, he's going to play. In my opinion, uh, the minutes are going to be limited because they're just going to blow him out by the third quarter. Um, so I'm, I mean, I'm just not touching this game with a ten foot pole in general. Uh, if you wanted to take a couple stabs at maybe a few bench guys on the Bucks like Dante Divincenzo. Sure, why not? But we should have some value open up as the day progresses, and I just don't see the need to really focus or force my hand to go in this sort of game. You know, I, I, I want to just – I think almost everybody's going to look at this and say, screw this. I don't know how much Giannis is going to play. Bledsoe's questionable. Cleveland's horrific. But there are a couple things of note here, you know, rather than just skipping this game. The, the, the total's 226. That's respectable. Third highest on the slate. You've got Cleveland can't find a more pace-up game. And, and Beeline has a tendency – to go ahead and run these little baby 19, 20-year-old guards out there, whether they're up five or down 40, because, you know, uh, those guys need to get the minutes together. They need to play. Uh, Clarkson's been on a a really good role. And my understanding from what I saw uh, on some coach talk was they are – featuring Clarkson as a as trade bait that they want to move their ultimate goal is to move Clarkson Thompson and love and just do a complete reboot uh, with the young guards that they have right now so that gets a little interesting you know I I sort of you know I'm tempted on the Clarkson bandwagon Uh, you sort of have to look you know at the at the guards the other guards there Cleveland too because they are somewhat uh, blowout proof uh, on the Milwaukee side though man it's just I don't see it on a second night of a back-to-back 
they, they're going to pound this team, and they have such a deep bench. I would highly recommend skipping everybody from Milwaukee's side, but I wouldn't get upset with you if you if you rostered either Sexton or Clarkston or Clarkson or or one of the guards or you know I I don't know how much we'll get out of Love and and Thompson and those guys and they're too little too expensive, but I don't think it's just a dead pass game. I think you could dip into uh, maybe a guard from Cleveland and that's it. What do you think? Um, I mean, I, I see where you're going for me. I'm just going to dead pass it. <laughs> that's just, yeah, I'm just making my life easy. Um, just because, you know, it just gets one of those games off. I, like we said, we've, we've talked about such high price players that we're going to want to spend up on. So, you know, paying that, that price, that mid five price for a game for guys that could easily get blown out. And even if the game does stay close and earn, I mean, even if they still play 30 plus minutes and the game blows out, it's not like they have an easy defensive assignment. All the, you know, the bench guards that come off of Milwaukee's bench are just as good as defenders as blood. So, so I, I think, I'm going to stay away. I mean, if I wanted a dumpster, dumpster dive and take a shot on somebody, it would be a guy like Kevin Porter Jr. and just hopes that he plays 25, 26 minutes when this game gets out of hand. Yeah. No, I don't blame you, man. I, I think that, uh, you know, you may be better off in the long haul just not concerning yourself with this game. That's for sure. Um, all right. Let's, we have two games left. 9 p.m. game, Detroit at Houston. Houston by 7 Houston on the second night of a back-to-back. Westbrook is going to sit, uh, and it's a 227, second highest total on the board. Detroit 23rd and pace, Houston fourth. Defensively, both middle of the pack, 17 and 16. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think you start a build. You know, I'm a guy that says normally you can fade an expensive guy uh, in order to build a little bit more balanced lineup. But how the hell do you – a home game, Harden is going to play as many minutes as he tells D'Antoni he's going to play. Westbrook's sitting. The usage dives up to already that he's got the highest usage in the league. With Westbrook off the floor, it's it's ungodly. And Detroit's playing lousy. <clears throat> now, I don't know who they're going to guard him with. Brown probably. Nobody's going to be able to stay with him. I All I want to say to this game is – I'm playing Harden in every cash and GPP lineup because I think he's just so bulletproof and so blowout proof and everything. I, you know, if they're up 28 midway through the third quarter, he's going to play the rest of the third quarter. It's just what, what D'Antoni does. So I want to throw this game over to you. Uh, I can tell you this much. Blake Griffin is an absolute shell of himself, though. He is playing like garbage. And I will also say, Capella, I respect defensively, and I think he can slow Drummond down slightly enough that I like, uh, you know, my center I'm going to play as Bam rather than Drummond. And you know I'm the biggest Drummond fan on the planet, so – that's what I got, man. What do you think about this one? So this is definitely going to be a game that we're going to want a good amount of exposure to. We'll start with the Houston side of the ball because that's where everyone's going to initially start looking. Harden definitely in play for just about every case and every scenario. Will I have 100% lock of him? No, probably not because I mentioned I like to play the GPPs, and I'm going to get a slight share of Doncic. I'll probably, I'll probably end up having about 50% Harden. Um, maybe okay. 20, 20, uh, 20% Doncic, 15% Doncic, keep my, my shares in him a little bit lower, and then go with what a nice fair and balanced approach. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm guessing at least 
probably right around there. It depends on the on the type of tournament too, or type of game that you're playing. And large field tournaments, I would expect probably about you know anywhere between uh, fifty to sixty percent ownership. Um, and I, I think with Westbrook out, he's going to be like sixty-seven, sixty-eight percent. I think it's going to be that fat of a number, and that's I think sometimes to me anyway, you have to eat the chalk because you just can't spot everybody. 70 fantasy points, 80 fantasy points. But just my thought. I just wondered what you thought on the ownership. No, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be high. And I, I don't th- – you know, this is a spot I really don't mind eating the chalk. It's James Harden, um, you yeah. know, with Westbrook out, and he's put up two back-to-back 80-point uh, fantasy point games. <laughs> it's just, yeah. you know, you could still make money. Um, if you if you still hit your other plays and you don't play Harden, you're not going to lose necessarily. But if Harden has one of these freakish games and we have the value to get to him and still get some other exposure, he'll easily help you win a game, uh, win a contest as well. So I, hey, I got a I got another one of my little quiz questions for you. You know, I know you love those. Um, out of the top fifteen highest scoring games on real points in the NBA this season. How many of those 15 games does Harden check the box as the top scorer for that game? Uh, 13. He is 13 out of 15. You win both showcases again. Can you believe that, though? People are going to think that we talked about that before here. We did not. Does that blow your mind? Seriously. Uh, I mean, I was able to guess it, so I'm going to say no, just because I just – been following this guy's a freak of nature um it's you know just, that that's just unbelievable man we're talking about lebron ad Giannis, luca and 13 out of 15 highest scoring games of the season it's, uh, i think that's sick man he's a he's an absolute beast man and uh, you know he's having an MP, mvp caliber season once again um you know, back to back to the game though. I think you know the other options I'm going to be looking at. I think there's going to be a ton of value, not just for Harden with Westbrook off. I mean, Capella is going to have to play big minutes. He's been playing a little bit poor as of late, um, and I mean poor as in like not getting 20 rebounds per game. But this yeah. is the type of matchup going against Drummond where he's going to have to see the extra minute. more time. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and that's kind of what I'm linking this to, and it's going to correlate. He's going to have to play against Drummond, so I have no problem looking at Capella. Probably one of my top three center options on the slate. You know, yeah, I, I, I do like that. Bam as well. Um, and then I'm also going to be looking at guys like Austin Rivers and Daniel House. I'm still not going to go to McLemore just because I have a begrudge against him. I'm just not yeah. doing it. I'll never play him. It's been McLemore for me. But, you know, <laughs> we're going to see Rivers get a decent amount of run at point guard. He's not the highest point per minute producer, but at 4,100, he's a solid value play. And I think Daniel House, he's been playing very poor and very timid lately. Um, you know, not taking a lot of shot attempts. But uh, with that usage being spread out and, you know, him being a starter playing 40, at 4,100, playing 30-plus minutes, I definitely have some interest in House. That's a good play. You know, I'm embarrassed to admit on Thursday I played Blake Griffin. So that's a little bit of the reason I was trashed. I don't know what I was thinking, dude. Man, I just – I don't know what I was thinking. I had a little bit, but uh, I started shifting all my love to love. And I asked Andrew the same question when we were on air. I was like, you know, yeah. he, he kind of shifted right over Kevin Love and went to that Blake Griffin at 6,700. And I'm looking at Love at 62. And I'm like, I had to ask him, who would you rather play? And, uh, you know, the minutes were the one thing that was scaring people off of Love. But – yeah, you know, like you said, that showcase, man. They want to trade this guy. That's true. It is true, and I just I don't. Griffin does not look right at all. Uh, so, 
Yeah. So you're not going any Detroit guys? I don't mind Drummond. I'm I'm just I don't know if I'll be able to get there. Like we've mentioned several other centers yeah, for a little bit cheaper. Um yeah. generally I am afraid of or I, I wouldn't say afraid, but I limit my center play going against Houston just because the fast place can sometimes wear these guys out. They struggle to get back on the other side of the ball and then that kind of takes them away. Houston shoots a ton of three pointers, leading to a little bit more of longer rebounds. So for all those reasons I generally steer clear of uh of centers, but you know, with Westbrook off the floor, we're gonna see a lot more ISO harden, and that allows that center to kind of set up and get underneath the rim a little bit more often than not. So I do I do think that he's in play. Um, will I get to him in the majority of my lineups? Probably not. I do have one big take here. Don't for me, I would not touch PJ Tucker, Gary Clark, uh who are the other wings for them? They've got uh House House. All those guys. I think they're all out of play, and I'll tell you why. They go small half the game anymore, and Capella gets knocked out off the floor, and all those guys scoop up all those rebounds, including Harden, but it's all, you know, PJ and all those guys get extra stats based on Capella not being in there grabbing everything, and that's not going to happen today. They can't play PJ Tucker on Andre Drummond. I know he plays like everybody. But that would be suicide. If they're going to do that, then you almost have to play Drummond because he'll get 30 rebounds. So, uh, you know, game script this out. Watch the news on this. You know, if I just – do you think Houston's going to go small against Drummond? I can't see it. Uh, it's going to be t- – well, the only reason why they wouldn't be able to do that is because who would be playing the four to go match up against Blake? It's not. I, I don't think they have a problem. House, yeah, or, and, you know, and I, I don't think that would work out in the long run. I think that's two yeah. two positions where these guys can just bully ball on both of them. I think that we will see some run with PJ Tucker on uh, on Andre Drummond. Don't get me wrong. I think it will happen for short bursts, maybe four or five minutes throughout this game. They don't and knowing, knowing Drummond. That dummy will pick up like three fouls like pushing Tucker or something. <laughs> it could happen. Uh, uh, so I'm I'm but I just think that, you know, with Westbrook off the floor, if Westbrook was playing in this game, I probably wouldn't have many shares of Drummond at all. But with him off right. the floor, like I said, I think that it allows him with a little bit more ISO hard and we'll see him dribble out the clock for a few seconds while other players kind of move around, set him a pick, and that kind of gives Drummond that time to kind of get back on the other side, get underneath the rim, set himself up for the couple extra rebounds. Drummond's files have been going up. You know, it wasn't an issue early on, but it's something to fear. There's nothing more gut-wrenching, and I've had that happen two of the last three games I rostered Drummond where he picks up, you know, a a stupid reach foul 45 feet from the basket Mm -hmm. for his third with eight minutes left in the second quarter, and you want to throw up. So just something to be aware of. But uh, not that I'm bitter about it at all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) all right last game on the slate my man we've got the oklahoma city thunder at the denver nuggets also a 9 p.m start so there's no super late hammer 10 10 30 game tonight uh they'll the last game is at nine uh uh, we've got uh 205 total dude 205 denver's a six and a half point favorite i have Millsap listed as questionable and I have Ferguson out for Oklahoma City. Do you have any other news on that game? Um, just on the Denver side, I know that they were dealing with a few injuries. Um, Jamal Murray should be playing. I mean, he played in the last one. He's been dealing with, uh, I, I can't even remember the exact injury. Low trunk. A low trunk injury, that's right. So uh, his minutes were limited in the last one. So just something to monitor. I don't know if they're going to limit him again. Um, 
But, I mean, I'll just jump right into this if you don't mind, Coach. Uh, I'll start sure. with that Denver side. He's going to be one of my favorite point guard plays on the slate, regardless of everything I just said. Just because if he is playing, you know, that 30-plus minutes, um, just way too cheap for him. 5,900 is way too cheap for Jamal. Got to go against Chris Paul, dude. Not worried about that, man. I mean, at the end of the day, he's a strict – he's a jump shooter. Um, we're going to see him get his shot attempts. We're going to see him take plenty of three-pointers like he always does, and I'm I'm just loving that price tag. I think that's enough to okay. get my exposure um, on this in this game, in the late-game hammer. I think it's a fair price tag. At the end of the day, I, there, we mentioned so many high-priced guys and not that much value. So I don't right. know if we're going to be able to get to uh, a lot of these other guys. So if you're looking for a mid-tier guy, I think looking at him and even uh, Jeremy Grant, I was very high on him in the last one. It paid off for me. Uh, one of my better nights of the season with him. So right. I'm, de- I'm definitely going to go back to the well on him. It's his former team. And Millsap, even if he plays, he'll probably have his minutes uh, limited again. And this, this matchup just suits well for him, especially uh, going against a guy like Danilo Gallinari. He just suits so much better defensively. That's a, that's a great call, man. I, I like it. Um... Is anything else from that game? Any other comments or? I'm not really touching anybody on OKC. They're all priced up pretty fairly and accordingly. Denver's is just you know the high altitude. They're a great defensive team. I try not to play too many shooting guards, so like that takes SGA out of the equation for me. Gary Harris, very stout defensively. Um, and you know I'm I'm going to be given a, a hot take article over there. Um, my, my good friend of mine, right. Adam King over there on Fantrax asked me to participate and I was sitting here trying to bounce back and forth between what my hot take might be. I have several in my mind. One of them being to keep an eye on Malik Beasley. Um, I think he's going to be a okay. very good player in this league. He's, I have a feeling he's going to be on the move very soon and his per 36 numbers are pro, are quite good. So this has nothing to do with DFS and nothing to do with tonight, but I figured, you know, while we're talking about the Nuggets, uh, I just brought up Gary Harris and he's part of the reason that Beasley's getting roadblocked. But, uh, I mean, if you look at this guy's season-long uh, per 36 numbers, um, they're mm-hmm. up there. and they're, they're pretty good. He's a guy that would be averaging about, you know, 16 points, uh, four boards, you know, decent assists, two or three assists, a steal, and a couple threes per game. So all that is pretty valuable, and that's shooting at 45%, and he's shooting about uh, 80% from the line. And that's just over his career. So, um, you know, yeah. as, he's, as he's gotten in this league, he's become a little bit better. Yeah, he needs just to get with a team where he gets the opportunity. I agree with you. There's no doubt about it. He's got some game for sure. Um, all right, as far as this game goes, it's a piece of cake for me. I'm not playing anybody. It's a 205, which is 10.5 points lower than any other total on the board. Uh, these teams, 25th and 28th pace. I mean, really? And, you know, 13th and second defensive rank as well. I mean, I if, if you can find somebody in this game that helps you win a slate, more power to you because I just don't see anything here. I'd Joker against Adams, on and on and on. So no, no touching in this game for me whatsoever. <clears throat> you did bring up a good point, point, though. I think usually we have a good handful of, of solid, solid value plays to share. And so please don't tweet us and say, hey, you just gave us all chalk. Well, here's the thing. This slate is important to follow the news because we still have Booker, Van Vliet, Thomas, uh, Millsap, a whole bunch of guys that may or may not play, and that's going to open up value. For example, for me, uh, you know, if if, – uh, Booker's out. I'm going to look more towards Rubio. He's pretty cheap for a point guard. If uh, if uh, Van Vliet's out, I'm going to look at uh, Powell. 
if, uh, you know, depending on some of the other news, you know, it's, it's going to vary. You know, you maybe put a Jeremy Grant in if Millsap sits, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of the value on this slate is going to be news. And, you know, that's where you got to grab it um, and follow us on Twitter to do that, you know. And even touching on that, Coach, it's not like these value plays we're getting are much of a value anyway. You know, Norman Powell's 5,300. We're looking at Grant, who's 4,700. Um, even if Isaiah Thomas sits, Ish Smith is 5,300. So these guys aren't even right. cheap. And I think that's going to be the struggle when building your and constructing your lineups is if you are forcing yep. in a guy like Harden, we're not going to have those three less than 4K guys. That's a guy that we talked about. Daniel House is 4,100, another guy. But it's going to be hard to get to those price tags and still feel very confident yep. in your lineup, knowing that we have all this mid-tier value. Siakam getting a boost. Um, a few other guys that we've mentioned that we like in the mid-tier. You know, uh, I think we talked about uh, Dinwiddie a little bit. We talked yep. about I, I talked about Murray. Uh, I'm going to be playing a good amount of Murray in this game. All those guys from that Washington-Memphis game, Morant, Jaron Jackson, we Beal. We're going to have a lot of guys in good spots. And I'm, I'm kind of leaning more towards that fair and balanced approach. Um, but I mentioned I'm also a GPP player, so when I, I'm probably going to stick to my numbers. I'm still going to play a ton of Harden. Um, if you know, if I'm starting to construct my lineups and I'm finding it hard to get to the value, I'll probably edge off him a little bit. But I'm still going to play a ton of Harden. I'm going to have modest shares of Doncic, and I'm going to do a fair amount of this fair and balanced approach. Um, I would probably only say 50%. Like of Fox News, that's what they say that it is. I'm not sure that that's true. I don't yeah. quite agree that it's true, but I don't think either one of Fox or CNN is is fair and balanced. So just to put it out there. Anyway, <clears throat> I would say that follow the news. Uh, if you're going to build some lineups with some studs like I am with Harden and Bam, you got to find some value. You have to. So we got to keep digging. You know, if whether it's you know a, a wild shot like a Mahimi. Or maybe you find <clears throat> one of the ancillary pieces uh, from Memphis, uh, like a Brooks or a Solomon Hill or somebody, depending on you know some of that news, or Washington with maybe a Troy Brown or whatever. I mean, you're going to have to find one or two value spots. Just don't let it happen like it did to 67% of the industry last night that decided for some reason – that Am Amari Spellman was the best play of the night. <clears throat> and, yeah. Or, uh, or, or, or don't try to like force in a guy like a, a oh, low price Bismack Biombo against the Nets. He bounced back the next game, dude, and had 30.5 <laughs> fantasy points. But we didn't have, we, we didn't did have not. a chicken soup I'm challenge on two, that night, by though, the did way. we? Oh, are you up by two? You was five four before that Didn't Bismack I, Biombo. You're oh, just giving yourself five. Points. Oh, it's I was up. thinking Miles. Five, five. You tried to cheat me out of the Miles <laughs> six five six five. Shout out to my favorite guy in the NBA DFS <laughs> world, Miles Hart. I'm trying I to take advantage of an man. old coach fault. and steal a point. <laughs> you weren't only gonna try to not let me take that point. You were trying to flat out flip it to you. You dog, you. <laughs> oh, I tried, man. I, I, at the end of the day, I didn't even remember what it was. I just assumed right, that beat five, you. Five, I so promise you, you will do uh, yeah, yeah. Well, at least one up. chicken suit uh, on our next show, which is Sunday night, correct? I don't well, like Jamal well, like Murray, Murray at all. And you said you were pretty no. off. Do you have anybody around that? No, no. So, do you have anybody around that six k or you know fifty five hundred price um, tag range that you're really feeling? Because I'll take. Money. How about? 
let's see. How about, Ru- like how about Rubio? To That's fair. Point DK night from him. Well, their price, I, I guess, about call the same. That fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one's on a showdown slate, and the other one's on a, a main slate. Uh, it's a little if you take somebody from the main slate, if you have somebody, I, I don't mind fair, it. You know, but the, the showdown slate. Yeah, it's a show. It's a showdown what? slate. Though. Let's keep it on the same slate. You know, it's like me saying I'll take somebody what tomorrow, a baby. <laughs> All right, how uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to think. Who, who did you say? You said you liked Norman Powell. Norman, Norman Powell is only, I think, uh, five, five or six hundred. I need a starter, and I, and I said I, I didn't really like Powell. Well, he's gonna start with Van Fleet. Van Fleet now. Start with Van Fleet I don't know. Now. Van about that. I think he's quick. I'll give you the caveat. How about this? If Van Fleet sits, uh, we'll, we'll, we won't do the bet. Only if he, uh, I mean, if Van V plays, we won't do it. Only if he. I'm, I'm not accepting it. I'm gonna find another. I'm gonna find another guy that I feel more <laughs> comfortable with that is around. No, no, there's no tweeting. We're doing this live right here. I don't want you backing out of another point trying to flip it on me. How about I take? See if you accept this one. Let's see. Oh, man. I can't take him because he'll be whining. He's too good. Uh, what I is, think you're seeing why just, I like Murray. for though. fun, what is Jaws day, price? That price range. This, 74. Uh-huh. He's, he's uh, 1,500 more than him. So uh, that's what I mean. When you, you look at that discount that we're getting on Murray, that's kind of why I'm – I'm enticed at him. There's not a lot around that middling price range. I mean, you could look at what Derrick Rose at 5600. I don't like um, D Rose. What's Chris Paul now? Range, like Murray, 68. So he's we even. Uh, I nice take that if you want to go head to head, guarding each other. They may get into a fist fight. Uh, last sure, why time not? Just that. just so we get something in the books. Nah, <laughs> I think I'll, I'll take I'll take it just so you know for the sake of us having a bet. I mean, at the end of the day, I think Chris Paul's. You know, he's 900 more for a reason. He's been playing much better. Whatever. I think he'll probably win. You're yeah, trying to set up like I'll, you're I'll an underdog now. Dude, you can't pull tricks like I, that. I mean, I'm just saying, uh, you know, Nor- Norman Powell's dip price difference was definitely closer than the Chris Paul's. But, you know, I didn't check it out. I won't check it out. Yeah, but, you know, I don't want to yeah. be like some other co-host on this show who uh, was afraid to take it You know, it sometimes you have to be smart. Out. And so I'll, I'll be I'll, up 6-5 on Sunday and we'll be good to go. That's my – that's my fault. I never. I never so Miles, by the way, I'm sending you so. some uh, Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee. Oh, he doesn't like coffee. I can't send it to him. All right, well, we'll have to come with Plan B on this. You can send and that's all. All right, guys, you've been on here a long time, but we got through all a right. great slate. A lot of info. You know, a big takeaways are you know follow this news. It's going to be important. Uh, and just uh, and get it done. Follow us up uh, on Twitter. Uh, again, you know, if, dial up our podcast, rate, review, subscribe. Those are the three magic words for podcasts. So please do that so we can continue to grow this and continue to bring uh, seven days of, of fantastic frontline content to the NBA DFS world. Any final words, my man? Um, no, that's it. That's all I got. And, uh, you know, here's to Jamal Murray outscoring Chris Paul tonight. I mean, if you guys want, let us know on Twitter if this was a, let's say if, if we won't even go that's to right. if it's a fair bet, but what side would you you're take? Gonna, 
I bet you it's pretty even. I think you'll have people going both ways there. So, but yeah, tweet something out, post it, throw it up there. We'll see. I need a little support here. You know, this young whippersnapper trying to steal points from me and shenangle, shenangle me in the back. You're getting, you're getting Chris Paul. Tonight, I don't want to. I'm trying to steal points. I'm giving you points. If we're, I mean, if, if I wanted to be a fair young whippersnapper, I would say let's do this bet point per dollar points. You know, like who does uh, better for their accorded salaries? But no, I'm being a, I'm being a nice young whippersnapper here, coach. I think I'll I'll, I'll do the straight up points. Uh, take a Jamal Murray. I think I think you I've been more to, than fair you with, know, uh, with make some of that a Patria name proud instead of trying to take advantage of the elderly. You know what I'm saying? Good lord. <laughs> Listen, you you never probably doing the same no, thing. I always years show ago when you were my age. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop! I would hold I would hold the door open. for I you know someday, bill, twenty but, uh, years from now, when we have the biggest anytime. DFS show, I'll we'll do a live shoot. I'll have my cane. You'll probably out right from under me. I know you. <laughs> <laughs> well, by then I'll by then I'll be full I'll be full gray. I mean I got a couple I got one or two stragglers at 28 years old hanging around right now. But enjoy the gray hair, gray man. It's it, you know uh, for us bald guys, I'll take it. I don't care if it was orange or like uh, our president. I'll, you know whatever it takes <laughs> or gold with orange skin. Oh, no, I'm not going there. All right, I don't know why I keep slipping into the political side of things today. I guess well, we've got a big yeah, debate man, coming up, coach. You got to keep this all fancy. juicy now, and you got we this do, impeachment do. stuff going. You know, I was. A... We gotta end. We gotta. We gotta end. I know. This I don't want to get into this, the political <laughs> side of things for sure. All right, fantastic, great show. Follow us. You've got uh, what? Let's see. About eight, nine hours or eight hours until lock. So follow that news. Stay with us on Twitter. And we thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Hoopball NBA DFS today. For my man, Mike Apatria, and for Andrew and Miles and our whole team at hoop-ball.com, I'm Coach. We'll catch you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS. Take care, guys, and good luck. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.